tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired. I'm Christina Warren. And I'm Brett Terpstra. And uh, we're talking about what keeps us up at night. Episode 61. Yay. Yay. Um, here's what's interesting, though. WWDC is, is just a couple of weeks away. And our very first pilot, which I don't think ever aired because I don't think it was recorded correctly, was recorded at WWDC. <laughs> I think it went out live but didn't get recorded. <gasps> That's what it was. So people, <laughs> five people heard it live if that like i don't think there was any announcement of it we just did it i think we just did it so i mean the five people who were using the the live dot five by five five i think is probably overestimating but that was kind of the point we just wanted to see what would happen wanted to see what would happen and so here we are two years later doing exactly the same thing we did that day totally totally um i have to say you know we both do a number of other podcasts and but this is always like has a special place in my heart because i love getting to talk to my friend brett and I love talking to you. I talk to all, my other podcast. I talk to different people every week. And that's nice for me because in general, I don't like talking to the same person all the time. Right. But I this with you works really well. I'm glad. I'm glad. And so, uh, so here's to 61 more episodes. Cheers. Cheers. Um, okay. But speaking of your other podcast, Systematic, you had uh, Liz Lazara on. I yeah. see the notes. Tell me about this. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mentioned it because... It was an episode almost entirely about mental health. Awesome. Uh, she's quite the advocate for um, quite a few uh, mental health re- issues related to the stigma surrounding mental health. Like she has her own um, history and, and treatment and uh, became very active with being open and talking about it much like me. And it was a really great conversation. So that would be episode 164. I should have looked that up, but it's the latest uh, systematic episode at esm.fm slash systematic. I recommend anyone who is <laughs> has enjoyed Brett's mental health corner on Overtired. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and, and Christina's mental health corner too. So, I mean, I, I, I'm, I can't wait to listen to this because, I mean, I think this is actually half the reason people listen to us, right? I, that- I have to assume anyone who listens to more than two episodes keeps listening because we are not normal right i mean because the whole point was about how like a neuroatypical neuroatypical the whole thing is how two adhd geeks like with sleep issues and and other challenges get on with with their life ostensibly we're a tech podcast but we're not really about about check this out right now i'm wearing my favorite adhd t-shirt which is it's like the acdc logo but with replaced with adhd (laughs) and i have not been able to fit into this for a couple of years and That's I do awesome. now. I'm down so, like I don't even know. I'm I'm thin compared well, no, to you. Well, because you, well, well, you had gained you because of the yeah. medicine you'd put on like a lot, a lot of weight. Yeah, to the point where I was so overweight and out of shape that I like, couldn't exercise. Yeah, it was messing up everything. But yeah, so that's the the silver lining of this whole like unable to work anymore thing. Is I feel great. Wait, I'm unable good. to work? Well, because without the ADHD meds, I've been so horrible at getting anything done for a year now. Right. Um, Are they going to put you back on the ADHD meds? Have you found like a doc <laughs> in the box that you can like get back on the stuff with? I took my my positive ADHD testing to my medical doctor who I had hoped would save me from the local psychiatry mess. And he said still no. Um, but, but I... I I was down after that, so I figured maybe it'll lift my spirits to call and see how long the wait lists are at the various other institutions yeah. that could help. And the one right here in town that's not directly connected to Winona Health, which is I was hoping to get away from them anyway. Right. Uh, they expect to get me in by the end of June. So That's good. So hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel. But I mean, I think this is what's so messed up, right? Like you have a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And your I have a diagnosis and a recommendation. And a recommendation, and and, the, and and you still can't get a physician to give you the medicine. Right. Yet one of the criticisms that 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 people critique about mental health, and sometimes this is right, but many times this is wrong, is that basically anybody can get a prescription for anything. Well, and that's why, like, there's a backlash now. Like, my local hospital has an entire department for Adderall, 
And every prescription for any stimulant has to go through that department. So it's like double checked. And if a doctor is found to have prescribed something unnecessarily, there are severe penalties. And yeah, so everyone's on like tiptoes and broken glass now. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous because the people who get hurt, people like you and I, have had long-standing diagnoses who have a history of stuff, who knows what works for us. And it's like, just give me my drugs. Well, and that's what's that's what's most frustrating about that situation was that my doctor 100% sympathized with me. He took a long time trying to figure out if he was comfortable doing it. And because of all the new regulations and, and the backlash, he just couldn't do it. And I, I get it. Like, I, I have no ill will towards him. He tried, right. but he's in a bind. Ugh, that's so messed up. I'm in a bind, too. We can get along. Yep. Yep. So so what is uh, you, you have in here commercials? <laughs> okay. So I never paid to remove Hulu commercials because I love commercials. <laughs> I, a good the commercial. The ones are the worst. No, 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 no. Like the the commercials right now for uh, especially like Subaru commercials and even even the new Jaguar commercials and um, I can't even every time I watch a show on Hulu I see an ad that I'm like I would have paid to see that ad. Okay. Well, technically right. I do pay to see that. Right. Ad. Technically you do pay to see that. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm actually not opposed to commercials. And in fact, I'm kind of with you. Like I was the sort of kid and you have a history of like you used to have an ad, like have like a, an ad agency, right? Right. I've studied a lot of. Yeah. Like I view commercials from both a Same. production perspective, an entertainment perspective yes. and an effectiveness perspective. And yeah, I, I do, too. I look at it from a business standpoint. I look at it from an artistic standpoint. I look at it as a consumer standpoint. But yeah. I'm not opposed to ads. I'm one of those people like you. Like I. If it's an ad is good, I think it's great. Like as a kid, I know I'm weird for this, but like I used to collect ads and not just absolute ads, although obviously that was a thing that a lot of us <laughs> did. Um, but it, I would go through magazines, especially like Vogue and, and, and Esquire and, and like other like, you know, big high volume glossies. And I would take the advertisements out and I'd put them in photo albums and I would keep my favorite ones. And there were, you know, the art direction, the, 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 the photography, the lighting, you know, the, the, um, the, the wording, you know, so many of those things, not just, you know, it wasn't just models, although certainly a lot of them had models in them, but it was, but just, that's a yeah. huge part of it. Totally. Like, I do recall we... you mentioning this before and kind of freaking me out with the whole, like, <laughs> and it wasn't that you were cutting out ads. It was that you were so like organized and <laughs> you're laminating them. <laughs> totally. Put them in photo albums, you know? <laughs> But I loved them because because I think there's something to be said about that. Like a lot of people, I was talking with some of my colleagues earlier this week about Instagram and, and they were saying, oh, you know, I hate Instagram ads. And they were wondering if it was a gendered thing. And I thought, well, you know, maybe part of it is that women don't mind them as much because we're used to advertisements See, in, in, in fast I, magazines. But, but I think it might just be an art appreciation thing. I don't know why, but I I do not like Instagram or Facebook ads because – they're in a stream of people that I've chosen to follow. Like it's okay, a curated stream. And then all of a sudden I see something. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Well, and that's... then realize it was an ad. Well, I feel that way about Facebook. I don't love Facebook ads. But Instagram, I'm honestly, as long as it's a, like a good photograph, I'm not bothered. Because most of the time, I mean, at this point, my Instagram follows are far beyond just like people that I know in real life. But their brands or their celebrities or it's the Shade Room, which is a um, kind of a, a largely kind of like like a, a you know hip hop culture gossip site. It's great, um, you know. It, that's you know, in Instagram, it's for a lot of people, um, especially younger people, people younger than both you and I. It's become a big news source, and so I don't mind the ads as long as they're well done. But I but I hear what you're saying. But right. like in general, I mean, I appreciate a good ad. Having said that. I mean, maybe I'd have to see these, these you know, Jaguar and, and Subaru ads. Hulu ads in general to me have always – one of the reasons I, I'm glad I have the, the Hulu um, – they don't call it Plus anymore, whatever they call it. The commercial ad free plan? The commercial free plan, yeah. The eleven ninety nine a month plan. Um, although, disclosure, I think my first year was paid for for free by Hulu, but I'll <laughs> pay for it. Well, I, look, I would paid for Hulu Plus for five or six years before that, so – I took – they offered me a year. I said, sure, I'll take it. But like once that year expires, I'll be, I'll be paying my own way again. Um, yeah, the reason I, I haven't <laughs> – um, but the reason I haven't like paid – or the reason I, I, I would pay probably the extra $2 a month for Hulu ads, against Hulu ads, at least in my experience, is that they're, you see the same ones over and over yes, and over again. Yes, that's – okay. And, and the tweet that I put out last week was 
I would pay extra for more good commercials with less repetition. Totally. I, and I like, think that's that, a package I would buy into. What, right? A, I think you're probably unique in that. I don't think a lot of other people would do that. <laughs> B, though, I think this is interesting. And I know we're not like a business pod and we're not even really a tech pod. But I do think when I look at Hulu's business model, I think this represents a challenge for them, which is that their inventory always seems really low. And I don't know if it's just that they are too afraid to show people different stuff outside their demographic type or what. Like I, I've made it very clear to Hulu, like I never want to see a a, a, di- a diaper ad or a baby ad like ever. Yeah, like see, I'm not a parent. Those. I don't either. Okay. But I've made it clear, like, because you can say, like, are you in the market yeah. for these things? Like, they have, like, this, they used to. If you're on the web, it. yeah. If you're on the web, like, they have the surveys. Oh, do you want to see this? Does this likelihood? And I'm like, no. Can you never access that me. on the Apple TV? The old app, you could. The new one, I don't know. I don't think I, you can. I don't think you can. It'd be really um, cool if you could just upvote. Because those yeah. those judgments say, like, this is an entire genre I don't want to see. I'd rather totally. just say this commercial is really bad. Right, right. <laughs> but show no, me other ones. But show me other ones at this type. I mean, but 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 I'm okay with I I'm I'm okay with them not having that granularity. But from but what's always concerned me about Hulu and I love Hulu as a company and I love their service has been the fact that their ad inventory has always at least from the outside seemed remarkably small. Now, that being said, they probably have a much bigger inventory and as we said they're probably you know just saying we know Christina doesn't want to see right. ads about diapers, um which I appreciate or she doesn't want to see ads about Right. Yeah, there's home. a bunch of runner network spots that they're like, okay, here's the pot we can pick from and right. we'll just fill it totally. in repeatedly if but, needed. But the problem is, is that, it, you know, and what I found, I guess, in the last like six or seven months that I've had, like the, the Hulu commercial free plan has been that like, A, I'm really happy that I can just watch something all the way through without having to have, you know, like the interruptions. Although sometimes the interruptions are nice. I, I, I do think there's something to be said about like when you need to get up and, and grab something to drink or go to the bathroom or whatever. Like there's, there's something to be said about that. But I think the other thing is just that like I got tired of of seeing the same Subaru ad 15 times in a row. I, I can totally sympathize with that. It's like you see it the first time. You're like, that was hilarious. The second time you call your, your spouse in, you're like, oh, you got to see this. This is really good. And then like the seventh or eighth time, you just it's background noise. Yeah. No, but I mean, I, I am happy, though, that you're saying that like, um, you know, Subaru or not Subaru, but Hulu is is getting better ads because I think that, frankly, like as much as. Probably a lot of listeners to our podcast. Um, this is where we now insert our commercial for whatever. Um, uh, are on the less happy about ad front. I feel like you know. I mean, that's how media is supported. That's how these right. services are able to exist, and and it it works better when you can have good, effective advertisements. It's always sad when you have a good service that is mirrored by poor ads. So, can I be honest about Instagram? Yeah, I just got into it. Like I've had an account for years, but I just started like actually like checking it once in a while. Interesting. And I tend to, it turns out I follow this eclectic group of people ranging from people who post pictures of their children Mm -hmm. to adult movie stars who post pictures of themselves. Right. And uh, like this, uh, the whole gamut in between, and scrolling Same. through my feed is I weird. Stars, I don't think. Yeah, my feed is weird too. Like I'm going through it right now, and I have David Chartier. Uh, I have the Shade Room, which he is- David is an excellent adult p- film star. He is an excellent adult film star. Actually, he posted something about um, like some some photo of some some booze on on a coffee table. It's a very pretty shot. Then Sexy. I have the Shade Room. Then I have uh, Kylie Jenner, who is an amazing must follow. Then I have an ad. Then I, have, <laughs> then I have Dan Benjamin. No See, well, that's why the ads fool me though, is because yeah. my feed is so diverse. Then I have, then I have a uh, my friend Matt who was just at some Sesame Street events, and then I have uh, an Instagram ad. Something? No, it's not an ad. It's actually just from Instagram. Then I have uh, my friend Hillel. Hey, I just got a new follow. Nice. And I have it, the White it House. It was you. I just want to make that clear. I've always followed you. Why did it just say? Oh, you liked a photo. I thought it said follow. I was, I was like, I followed you for years. Now I have <laughs> Jenner again. Now I have Mashable. Now I have a. Uh, um, should we just like, make this a segment of the show? We should. If all the, <laughs> this is what's her, Kylie Jenner yet again. Stars, but that was sponsored. Uh, my friend Owen Thomas. Um, uh, my friend Christian Olivia uh, Oliver. Uh, yeah. So it's it's my friend uh, Lauren Drell. Uh, Daria. A musician I know. So yeah, my friend Heidi. It, yeah, mine, mine like you is kind of a right now. It's actually 
far more people I actually know than uh, other stuff. But um, do I mean, you follow I'm, Chelsea Handler. I do. She's fun. She's fun. So is uh, Amy Schumer. Yep. And so is Eva Lovia, but no one will. Uh, yeah, that's in a that's a different genre. Anyway, commercials good. Ads meh. Ads I meh. I guess we'll draw the line between commercials and ads. Do you know the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath? So a sociopath has no empathy, and a psychopath has no control. Wrong. No, there's okay. no difference. There's I no just difference. I did a bunch of research because I'm like, what is exactly the difference? And it turns out those terms are used interchangeably in most I circles. I knew that. I knew that. But yeah, I mean, but the big thing is, I mean, no empathy is a big one, though, right? Is that right. you don't feel remorse for what you do, and and you can do terrible things, and 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 uh, you know, not care. And, so this and that's- this caused questions for me, and I did some research, and it turns out I am not. A sociopath. I was gonna say I don't think you are because you are a feeling person. Like Yeah, well, I only scored like six out of thirty on the test. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I, I used to have those questions about myself too. I think anybody <laughs> this goes back well no, because this goes back to the mental health thing. Is that anybody who's ever been diagnosed with something, you start to like question a lot of things about yourself. Like, do I have this? Do I have that? And whatnot. And like me, it's pretty simple. I have major depression, I have anxiety, and I have ADHD, um, or or ADD. I don't really think I have the hyperactivity. And um, you know, but a lot of those things are interrelated. But, you know, you take those tests and you think, I'm kind of an asshole. You know, I, I, I don't care. But then if I think about it, like, no, I actually do care. In fact, yeah. part of the reason I'm an asshole is because I care so much. It also turned out that there are really only two Canadian serial killers of note. Yes. So it's the, the, the husband and wife team. I don't remember their names. I just remember their scores. One of them scored five out of 30. Mm-hmm. So I am more sociopathic. Then one serial killer. The other one scored like 29 out of 30. So I'm way better than the other okay, Canadian so I, serial so, so killer. I th- so, so I think that, um, okay, so I know the Canadian serial killer. So there was uh, Carla Lee Homolka. Leanne Homolka was, was, was uh, she was married to Paul uh, Bernardo. Bernardo was the one who probably served 29, out of, probably scored 29 out of 30. He's still serving a jail sentence, even though in Canada, technically, there is no such thing as like life in prison. He has whatever the equivalent is. She's actually freaking free, which is messed up. And most people, many psychiatrists who have since evaluated her actually think she was more dangerous than he was. <laughs> they, they killed her sister together. He, like, drugged her sister, raped her, and then they murdered the sister and videotaped it. Like, these are messed up people. I mean, that was so many wrong things in one sentence. Wow. And she's free. She's been free for, like, a decade. And she has a kid and lives now under an assumed name in Quebec. Like they always blame the husband. I'm just kidding. That was well, no, well, I mean, <laughs> that was that, a bad joke. It is, but here's the thing: in this case, her big defense was that very thing was that he had somehow, you know, like oh, like, the mind control defense. Totally. And and because she was blonde, he was one of the, they, they call them like the Barbie and Ken killers. I, I, I used to be obsessed with serial killers. Um, yeah, I, I remember I, we t- we talked about a Ken doll serial killer previously. Yes, and this is the guy. This is this is him. Oh, okay. Paul Bernardo. And and um, yeah, I mean, they, they were like the Barbie and Ken, you know, serial killers. And she's been free, though, for almost a decade. And a lot of psychiatrists who, who have either evaluated her case files and some who have even talked to her are like, she's more dangerous than him. But she's free and is able to live under an assumed identity. I would like to point out that that's twice in this episode that I've remembered things we talked about before. I, I'm so impressed with that. <laughs> Me too. I, I was like, I, I didn't remember either of those things. I was. I, I win. You do win because I was thinking, I was like, yeah, you know what? Chances are I probably talked about some of these things <laughs> because I, I repeat myself a lot because I only have so many stories. But no, that's really interesting. But so 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 you're you're more of a sociopath than Carla Homolka, but you're less of one than Paul Bernardo. I guess. Fair, fair. I mean, I, I, I would actually say that I think Carla, because she's so this is people's theory anyway, that she's so smart. She probably like tricked the test. And that well, was actually- and that's why 30 questions doesn't seem like enough to me, because most it is m- most thorough psycho- psychological examinations account for that. And they use statistical analysis to then figure out if you're gaming it with 30 questions. That's just like I, I think I could game that. Yeah, no, I mean, and, but, but but it does become like it, it again. I mean, it's just one of those interesting things for me anyway, because as I said, I love serial killers. 
Um, I don't love them, but like I understand what you mean. You know, you know what I mean. I hope our audience. You does. have a morbid fascination with I serial do. killers. So interesting, you know. But you start to look at those things yourself, and you're like, "Do I have these traits? Do I think about these things?" And you're like, "No, actually, I don't. I'm morbidly curious about it, and I find the way their brains works so fascinating. And I think, you know, part of me is almost impressed. Sometimes not like in a, in a oh, I admire you kind of way, but in a well, I." That's impressive that you were able to pull that off kind of way. Right. Your average murder is a crime of passion with a family member and it's like in the moment. And they're stupid and they they do dumb things. Well, because because they they weren't like premeditated professional murders. Right. But yeah, there is something to be said for someone who gets away with not one, but but a string. I mean, especially like when, when, when it finally comes out. I mean, like one of my favorites, I mean, he's one of the worst too is BTK. You know, um, the blind torture kill guy who, you know, this guy, Dennis, uh, I can't think of his last name. And and he was like in the Midwest and, um, you know, he was he evaded capture for years. He was Dennis Raider. And and he, you know, um, how he was caught was because he couldn't stop needling the media. And <laughs> so he sent in a, a, a Word document file. So he, he sent an email or, or, or a whatever from. Um, his church's computer and because he used the version of Word that was on their computer, the metadata from that version of Word was able to lead back to his church and they were able to figure out who wrote it. But that, but it took that when, when he sent those sorts of files, you know, if he'd printed it out, if he hadn't used, you know, digital means, if he'd done like he did, if he hadn't had like a, if he hadn't joined the 21st century, you know, they never would have caught him. Yeah. And he was somebody who would literally evaded capture for 30 years and, and, um, you know, he, he committed, you know, murdered 10 people between nine, 1974 and 1991, and he wasn't convicted and, or wasn't arrested until 2005. You kind of bring up the Zodiac, though. Oh, totally. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, he was... Like, they, they never caught him, did they? No, they didn't. No, they didn't. So and that is... He's, yeah. He wins. He totally wins. Oh, yeah. He wins the serial killer marathon. Well, although there's the weird thing, though, do they win or do they not? Because part of you wonders, I mean, obviously he's Zodiac and, and so, you know, people have given him a name. But you almost, You're going to say they want to get caught. Yes. Well, they, I don't even know if they want to get caught. They want to be known. Right. I mean, I think that was that was BTK's downfall was that he literally was it was around an anniversary of one of the murders and he sent the newspaper in Wichita, Kansas. He sent them, you know, a thing basically saying, ha ha, I'm still on the loose. Um, not realizing, you know, that that they could they could see the metadata from from the from from the word file. Um, <laughs> that's your mistake. But you and I would never make a mistake like that. We would make sure to scrub the metadata from anything we sent across. Like that would be we'd probably get caught in many other ways. At least I would. <laughs> but, but one thing I can guarantee you is that the forensic for computer stuff of my crimes would be flawless. Like, see, flawless. It's, it's the fact that I find myself watching crime dramas for the purpose of picking up tips that made me decide I should take yes. the test. Okay, same here. Um, <laughs> I've never taken a sociopath test. Um, well, I know I'm not one, but but I've watched those same things and I'm like, oh, I would never do this. My well, that's interesting. I didn't know they could do that. Then totally look it up on the internet. Can you really zoom and enhance that kind of photo? Or, or, you know, what's the best way of like getting rid of all things? Like is acid, is an acid bath really the best way of destroying a body? You know what I mean? Like, as you think about these things, like how would you dispose of a weapon? How would you dispose of other stuff? Because, you know, I mean, one hand, <laughs> if you live in a big enough city, you could go, you know, and, 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 and throw a gun off of, of, of a bridge and be fine. But in another city, maybe you need to like douse it in, in acid. The same so thing here's the body. deal. Yeah. Once we publish this episode, we have to agree that neither one of us will ever actually commit any kind of violent crimes. Oh, that's completely that's completely fine. Okay. Just because I, this would be very incriminating oh, should would, we stand trial. Although, I mean, I would and now I'm going to like ruin my defense. I would say why 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 would I ever commit a crime if I've already been so public about talking about how I would about how I would cover things up? Why would I be so It's stupid? a perfect cover. It, it it is. No. I mean, look, it's the same reason like when I walk into stores and I think it's because, you know, when I was I worked in retail, I was robbed once and, and I was in the back and I was fine. But it was a weird thing. A guy kind of came in and, and started shooting up the Best Buy. It was, it was during Christmas and, and I crawled on the floor of the warehouse and somebody else called 911 and, and the people were apprehended. I think, you know, I think we got the money back. I don't even know. It turned out later on that it was kind of an inside job. But after that moment, um, what actually kind of tipped my then boyfriend off that was probably an inside job is he said, well, 
it's weird that they didn't have anybody secure the other, you know, exits or the other, you know, back like the warehouse points. He says, if I were to, to do this, you know, the first thing I would know before I case the place out would be where are people going. So if I break into a, you know, the, the, the Best Buy, you know, and I hold somebody at gunpoint, I know that I don't have any witnesses or I have all the people together. And I thought about that and I said, yeah, that makes a lot of sense and why it made sense in, in retrospect, why it was probably an inside job. Um, you know, they didn't care. And it was the whole thing was kind of a ruse that the, the girl who was held up, the rumor was, who knows if this was true or not, was actually in on it. Um, but what that's made me do is every time I go into a store now to this day, and this is like 15 years later, I look at where cameras are. And, you know, you think about it, you're like, where are the exits? Where are the exit points? Where are the hiding places? Like what if, if I were to rob this place, how would I rob this place? And and that that's a, that's something that doesn't go through my, my my mind every time, but it does go through my mind. And I would never steal anything from anyone other than like digital music um, or, or, or TV shows like I would never rob a place ever. But so like, what do you think the line is then between someone who goes into CSI and someone who becomes a serial killer? Again, Don't they both have the same fascinations? With... They do. <laughs> well, I, th I think it comes down to the empathy factor, right? I think it comes down to there do, it you, is. do you want to help people or, or do you feel for people who are wronged or do you not? And if you don't, then that's the scary part. But if you're like you and I, I genuinely feel bad for anybody who's who's hurt. You know, you don't want that to happen. That doesn't mean, though, that I don't go in with kind of an open mind. Oh, this is how I would do it. But I never would. Not even so much because like, oh, I'd get caught. A, I probably would. I'm, I'm smart enough to know that. But B, I wouldn't want to do it. I just, it wouldn't feel good. Yeah. Well, and I think they had to go out of their way in the original CSI. What was the original lead for the department? Oh, um, it was uh, Grissom, but I can't think of the actor's name right yeah, now. Yeah, no, uh, that's fine. I think they had to go out of their way to make his character empathetic later yeah. in the season because at first it totally did seem like he was cold oh, and totally. calculating new every possible detail and oh, could totally. easily be, well, be behind some of the crimes. Oh, completely. And I, and I think that, that if it were a different show and if it hadn't been s such a successful franchise for, for CBS, that would have been a great twist, right? It would have been a great way to burn off the show. Just oh, completely. But blame instead, it all on him. <laughs> but the, the show lasted 15 years or whatever. And, and, and you know, he, he was on it for close to a decade. And so, yeah, yeah I mean, that wasn't the point. But yeah, you're right. The, the early things, especially his fascination with bugs, like he had like a weird like bug thing and like, yep. yeah. Yeah. That, that, that show is probably where some of this fascination began for me. Yeah. I was before that, to be totally honest for me, I think it was, it was stuff like the E2 Hollywood story. They would do documentaries about like uh, Ted Bundy and about um, uh, John Hinckley Jr. who um, attempted to, to kill um, Ronald Reagan in the name of Jodie Foster and, and Mark David Chapman who, who uh, assassinated John Lennon. And, you know, I would watch a lot of those things. And Amy used to have things on, on serial killers too. Again, Bundy and, and, and um, uh, what's his face? Uh, um, the, uh, the clown killer. Um, uh, or, um, fat guy um <laughs> i don't know you no, know, no no you know you know who i'm talking about he was like the he was the um the john wayne from... gacy oh okay okay john wayne gacy who was terrible who like raped and molested boys and murdered them and had like 30 of them buried in his does Chicago it matter place. that they were boys would it have been better if he had raped and molested girls would that have been less weird no but i think it's not, <laughs> not, not it's not the gender it's the age they were yeah. like their age yeah no i like, get that young guys like it wasn't it, yeah no, you know <laughs> Um, and, and the boys reference was kind of with Sufjan Stevens song, John Wayne Gacy, um, ah. actually a really great, um, song. Uh, it's really beautiful actually, it, even though it was about, you know, this terrible person and See, you know, I had like, a really sheltered childhood though. Like I wasn't exposed to any of this stuff for a long time. Like that's my, right, that's I right. watched the incredible Hulk star Trek and CSI and that was pretty much. Yeah, no, I, I watched a lot of these documentary things on A&E and History Channel and, and, and Eat Your Hollywood Story and, and like became very interested. And then we'd go to the library my, and I would check out books about them. And, and, you know, I always found them so fascinating because, I mean, one of my very first – and we've, I know I've talked about this on the podcast before. One of my very first obsessions, like, you know, because we've talked about this before where like I go into like research mode. I know you do this too where like you become like obsessed with a certain topic and like want to learn everything you can about it. One of the very first things that I ever became truly obsessed with as a kid was the JFK assassination. I was like obsessed. And then 
It went into Edgar Allan Poe for a weird reason. And then it went into serial killers. And I would read a lot of books and a lot of things about them because it was just interesting to me. I I must think part of it was the smartness about, you know, like how people were able to get away with these things or how they get caught, which was interesting. Part of it was the courtroom drama, which I was obsessed with because I wanted to be a lawyer. And so people like Jeffrey Dahmer were really interesting, like watching the Menendez brothers trial and seeing how all that stuff was playing out and like being like, this is really compelling. This is I love drama. I always have. And then I think part of it, too, is just like putting myself in a mindset, kind of what we're talking about, where I realized even though some of these things I can understand or I can understand how they would get out of these situations and, 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 and I would maybe think in the same way. Fundamentally, I think so differently from this. It's interesting for me to even consider how does someone have the mind frame to be able to do this because I would never be able to do it. So it's interesting to me to think about someone who could do something like that. A friend and his dad took me hunting as a kid before I had learned that I am incapable of killing and I drew a bead on a deer and could not pull the trigger. And from that moment on, I've realized, yeah, I, I enjoy the technical aspects of this stuff, but I absolutely do not have the capacity to do it. And then I became a vegetarian for 17 years. And yeah. So did you ever see 112263? Uh, no. It's the Hulu adaptation of a Stephen yes. King novel. Yeah. No, I, remember, I remember seeing um, the trailers for this, the one with James Franco, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. good. And the ending, the ending is very satisfying. Okay, good. Because the th- the problem is, um, I I like did not have like. There's so much good TV, and we've talked about this before. <laughs> yeah. So much good TV. Like I still need to watch Bloodline on Netflix. Like I have so much stuff I need to watch, and 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 the, and, and the Bachelorette is on right now, and so my like my trash TV quotient is is in high gear, and that's very important to me to watch my shitty television and. Yeah, see, I don't have that proclivity, have so that proclivity, I have time to watch. Yeah. I have time to watch The Path and 112263. But I have wanted to watch it because I love because the idea is basically like going back in time and like stopping the assassination, right? That's basically right. The, yeah, like what would happen. Now, here's my thing. And, and, and I, I, I'm curious to know your take on this. My ultimate like alternate history take has always been not what if JFK wasn't assassinated because that's a common thing even before Stephen King did it. But what if RFK was never assassinated? Because if Bobby Kennedy, do you had think that would made? I do. Yeah, if, no, I I think yeah. you're right. Actually, because he would have he would have become president. He w- and and he had, Nixon, yes Nixon wouldn't have become. We never would have had Nixon in office. So he would have become president. Um, the whole Watergate thing never would have happened, which obviously also means Jimmy Carter probably never would have been president. I mean, there's a very good likelihood that Ronald Reagan never would have ascended office. Right. Okay. So here's the, the thing. The of history would have been changed if he hadn't been murdered. Did we talk about Welcome to Happiness? We did. Okay. Well, so, it but it's that same kind of, like the number of good things that can result from a bad thing if you extrapolate far enough through like the series of events, it, well, and that's, that's why the ending of 1122 is so satisfying to me is because it shows how great things would have been in the immediate sense, but then what could have become if that tragedy had never happened. And I won't spoil it, but it is, it, it, it it's a thinker. I like it. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm gonna watch the rest of it, but but I do wonder. I mean, like, you're, you're I hear your argument that maybe great other other things better happen, but I I think in the RFK case because he was as a person he was so much more principled than Kennedy. He yeah. was a better man. He would have been a better president. He cared for things more as Attorney General. You know, he fought for civil rights, whereas Kennedy really didn't. You know, he was a good guy, and. You know, him being president, I don't know if it would have worked or not, but I think that it would have. Again, I wonder what our position. I mean, Vietnam was basically over by the time Nixon took over. But you wonder, you know, some of our subsequent kind of battles. I mean, again, if Nixon had never been president, I mean, so much stuff happened in our country. And, and, and you know, the entire rise of, of Ronald Reagan, again, for better or worse, would not have happened because it never would have been pushed into into trajectory because you know obviously carter was elected in response to the um impeachment and resignation of, of nixon and um you know and 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 so you know ford wasn't going to get reelected and so carter is elected and so you know carter 
great man, but ideologically kind of couldn't get things passed, you know, and, and, and there's the, you know, the whole, um, you know, uh, 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 hostage crisis and, and that whole thing. And then Reagan is able to come into power. So you have this governor who literally was this B, B actor, you know, who was able to kind of rise into power and and become president of the United States and Iran-Contra and all these other things happened in Reaganomics and, and, you know, voodoo economics and the whole kind of thing. The modern Republican you know, party was built. But everything's reactions. Do you think Clinton ever would have been president if Reagan wasn't first? That's an interesting question. And I if think- and if you look at the, the gay rights movement in the U.S. was yeah. looking very promising for quite a while. But then the backlash began. And yeah. now we're arguing over who can use a bathroom. bathroom. Yeah, I mean, you're right. But I don't know. I think that Clinton probably would have had a shot just because I think that Clinton was more aligned with the principles of, of a with an RFK, frankly. But so, the country's sentiment, the country, the people that elect a president, there's very often the entire, you know, middle range, the people yeah. who aren't strong left or right. No, no, you're right. You're right. And Clinton, they, re- it, it they react. That. They react to the previous four to oh, eight years. Well, but, so, but but I think in that case, the problem was, I mean, obviously Reagan had a great campaign and, you know, it's Morning in America and was able to be the anecdote to, you know, to, to the Carter that so many people wanted. And even though what he brought, if you look at it in retrospect, taking all politics aside, if you actually look at his success, he wasn't that successful. Um, well, he wasn't that right wing either. Right. No, he wasn't, obviously, although he was. He was enough to be issues. bad. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you look at his stance on, on, on gay rights and on AIDS and, and on so many other things, you know, just anyway. But like, you know, and obvi- ironically, his social positions, which most people think of in retrospect as being more liberal, were more conservative. And his economic positions, which most people consider or, or think were more conservative, were actually more liberal. But but regardless, I mean, I think that the Clinton was such a response to George W. Bush, who would kind of or not George W. Bush, George H. W. Bush, who had been you know, kind of this Bengali around the Reaganomics and the voodoo economics stuff, um, who, you know, had a terrible personality and, and wasn't <laughs> something anybody wanted to vote for, you know, and Clinton. I mean, I would say this. I think that Bill Clinton is a charismatic enough figure that I don't think that if Reagan hadn't president, if it had been, say, some some other Democrat that we don't know, I don't think that would have precluded him from taking office. I think that he is one of those once in a century kind of figures. See, I would say the same thing about Obama. I would too. I would too. Although I think Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton seems, will be viewed more kindly in, in. Of course he will. Because he was better. Mo- in more recent history. Yeah. I, I don't even think in recent history. I think in history period. He will be received better because he was a better president. Even with the scandals. Yes. Because he was a better president. <laughs> because, he, because he was a better president. He and as much as people complain, I think that the average American doesn't judge. Judge no. a white uh, an Oval Office blowjob as as harshly well, as well, we'd like to think. I mean, I think that also in that case you had to look at, at at that versus the prosperity that the country was was receiving. So it would be here's here's the thing: if say the the country was in a recession, yes, that's job, true. If you got a rece- if you got a blowjob during a recession, he right. would have been gone. That's just inappropriate then, right? <laughs> but he wasn't, you know, things were surging, things right. were good, and he was making good decisions. And as much as I like President Obama and respect him and voted for him twice, you know, he presided over a very difficult time. And the problem is, is that as smart as he is, and, and I would argue he's smarter than Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton is is much, much better at working with people. And so Bill Clinton was able to achieve more. And not only that, but the the, the political climate, largely because of George W. Bush and because of kind of the, the, the schism between the parties was different. So that in the course of like, you know, like 12 years between or, or, or 16 years, I guess, between, you know, Clinton being elected and Obama being elected, things had shifted so much that, um, you know, I think that if it would be interesting to see what would have happened if Clinton had run in 2008 rather than. Obama, you know what I mean? Like to see if, if the Bill Clinton of 2000, of 1992 would have been able to, to do what he did in 2008. Yeah. Something tells me I think he would have been more successful with his Well, he's white. Goals. Well, he's white. But I mean, even taking that aside, I just think personality wise and just just him, I think he might have been more successful. It's possible. But, but honestly, but but I do think that the, 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 the time that all these things are happening is is becomes like important to take it into account, too. Yeah. See, Obama has that. He has the Playboy swagger. He has the the char- charisma. 
He does. But, but he also has the black president. and well, well, which is, I mean, and that's obviously a big thing to kind of overcome. Although, I mean, Bill Clinton was a Southern president. And, and that, you know, obviously not the same thing at all. <laughs> not, but, not, but, not, but it is important to say that there is a stigma. And there was a stigma. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's, it's, it's not, I'm not trying to say this the same. But it wasn't as if he was Not in the South there, isn't well, no, because, I mean, I think the rest of the, the, rest of the country, you know, I mean, he was kind of, you know, the guy who, like, you know, he, he was a guy from Arkansas. and <laughs> Okay, there is a stigma about that, yeah. There is, there is. <laughs> there, there's a redneckness and in, in, in kind of a lower classness. My maternal which, line comes from Arkansas, so. Right, well, I mean, but there's a redneckness and, like, a, and, 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 and again, kind of, an, you know, people assuming that you're unintelligent. Now, again, not anywhere near what the stigma would be of being black, the same way that JFK had a stigma of being the first and only Catholic, you know, Catholic <laughs> which, which we laugh. That was a big deal, you know? Um, Can you imagine a Mormon president? It, to be totally honest, no. Yeah, me either. I, I mean, just don't think that would fly anywhere but Utah. Well, I mean, I think that a lot of the country who even the, the people who are, are conservative Christians, what people don't realize is they think that evangelicals and Mormons are aligned, but they don't realize is that evangelicals see Mormons as cult members. Well, and, <laughs> well I again, to be fair, I see them all as cult members, but same, same but, but it's a valid point. But the thing is, is what most people do not realize is that there is this big schism, whereas most evangelical and actually most mainland Christians in general do not consider Mormons Christians. Because in for, for all intents and purposes, they're not. They they have another book. They believe in a different thing. Their religion was formed in the 1800s and, and not, you know, pre, you know, 2000 years ago. Whatever you want to say about, you know, um, Islam and, and Christianity and Judaism, they are things that existed, you know, thousands of years ago. And, and so it's... They have the much, grandfathered past. They, they, they do. Whereas modern religions such as, you know, uh, Scientology, um, uh, you know, uh, Latter-day Saints, um, uh, Christian science will always have a stigma. And, and, and look, you know, Mormonism has, has achieved um, a mainstreamness uh, far beyond what um, I think a lot of people would have ever expected. But I know this from growing up in the South. It was very clear to me, and I was taught growing up, whether this is right or wrong, I was taught Mormons are not Christians. And, I was taught Catholics weren't Christians. Well, I, I mean, I was, <laughs> I was a weird person in that I was raised Episcopalian, uh, but my mother was raised Catholic. And so even though you would hear some of those things, because my mother was originally a Catholic, I was never really taught that. Sure. But you're right. You know what I mean? But, but, but you're right. There, there is that, that, that huge line. And, and, and I'm not saying any of those things are right or wrong. And I'm certainly not trying to say that if you're a Mormon, you're not a Christian. You can't call yourself that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm, what I am saying is that many people who call themselves Christians would not consider Mormons Christians. And I do think that beyond Obama just being better and having a better campaign is why Mitt Romney was doomed. Um, I do find it... Okay, so I came up with a new slogan for Trump's campaign. Okay, what's that? I'll get to it. <laughs> okay, so, uh, you know, I'm talking about this this um, kind of swing, the pendulum between presidents as the country's mood shifts based on what happens. And I could go into, you know, like why it's idiot idiocy that we have four-year terms and then we blame, you know, everything that happened in four years, even though it was the result of the previous four years. Anyway... You know, there's always been these kind of platforms that shift over time, but they're essentially left and right platforms. And then Trump comes along. Who He is, on paper, a Democrat. He's running as a Republican under this more populist, almost authoritarian kind of, like, party line. And he takes over the Republican Party. We find out that there's a huge part of America that actually really wants to vote next to the KKK. And yeah. I want his banners to just say, it'll say, make America great again, but that'll be like X'd out. And underneath it'll just say, fuck it, vote for Trump. I'm thinking that's really, I mean, he's making his mark based on quote unquote honesty. Yeah. So I feel like that's the that's the real mood there. Yeah, I agree. What do you think about the Bernie supporters who are like, we'll vote for Trump over the Hillary? Like that, that upsets me greatly. Me too. Me too. Because I feel like, you know, I feel like we saw this movie before and it happened in 2000. Mm -hmm. 
and it's when Ralph Nader took mm-hmm. valuable votes from Al Gore. And, and I voted for Nader, and I, and I regret it. You should be glad. I, I, <laughs> I was not at 18. My 18th birthday was five days after the election, and so I was not able to vote in the 2000 election. And so as and and I, but I, it was one of the, my vote wouldn't have counted. I was in Georgia, not in Florida, so close. See, but, but not, it's the it's kids. Not, it's it's the kids who are still idealistic and think they voting are. voting to make a statement is better than voting for the lesser of two evils. Yeah. And oh my god, this is the election. These are the two most yes. unlike candidates in US history. And uh, I mean, if we no, poll-wise, their poll-wise, disapproval ratings are higher both of them are higher than any previous I mean, candidate of the same party. I, I I would need to see the polls and I would need to know how the polls were done. I don't think you can actually judge this, to be totally honest, because I think that the way that we take polls has changed so much. That uh, I, yeah, but... No, I, I think it's significant enough. I mean, look, maybe the last 30 <laughs> years, fine. But I mean, I have to think that, that like... Eisenhower, I think Garfield. I mean, there were a lot of people who run for president who were not didn't have high likability things, but not in this modern media age. Um, but I mean, I think that I mean, obviously, I've I've been a Hillary Clinton supporter um, even for for years. I, I actually supported her during the the Obama, you know, during two thousand eight. I, I I was for her rather than Obama. I really liked what Obama said. I I felt like she would have done a better job actually getting things accomplished. Um, I voted for Obama twice, and I was happy to do it. As soon as she, he won the nomination, I was happy to do it. And I and I felt like in a lot of sense, I was like I was glad. I'm very glad he was president. But you know, a lot of my friends who are very pro Bernie, I'm always like, you know, I get it. But having gone through the Obama thing once already, they're a little bit younger than me. I want to just be like, can you just face reality? Like and I like, said, it's the kids. It is the kids. And, and and you wonder, you're like, you don't understand. This isn't a joke. You can't stay home because if you do, Donald Trump is going to become president. I'll preface this by saying I really want a woman to run the U.S. I really yeah. I feel like women should run the world. I agree. Based I agree. on based on the records of, you know, well, current enough. female politicians well, and, and leaders and frankly, frankly women have put in enough freaking like elbow room for free for years right you know what I mean? well like, i mean they they have for a have. long time run major policy decisions but saying and and so it's about time to just have the freaking like figurehead and, that and being said though i do support bernie's politics way more than hillary's but, i like politics too but i but, don't think the doesn't help ever I won't. I will support Bernie all the way through till the primary is just dead and done. Sure. But I will gladly fall in line with Hillary. Good. I'm glad that you that you're smart enough to say that because so many people aren't, and that's really depressing. Because it's like, do you not realize? You think that there's no difference between Hillary and Trump? Are you freaking kidding me? She's worked her entire life. No. See, there's almost the only difference between Hillary or uh, between Bernie and Trump, as far as the supporters yeah. in general are concerned, is racism. Oh well. I mean, yeah, we could. I mean, we could talk about like actually having plans and and financial knowledge, all of that. I'm going to disagree with you slightly because I think a lot of Bernie supporters are racist. Really? Yes, because no Bernie, where he does best is is in all white places. Hillary has far and away won. See, okay, but I I would attribute that more to white privilege than to racism. Like, I mean, I know it's all related. No, I wouldn't though, because the reason I, I say that. The reason I'm saying this is because a lot of his supporters then will say, oh, well, those are southern places. Those are rural places. That's why we don't get this vote. And it's like they denigrate the fact that people of color might have an opinion different than their own. So a lot of his supporters, frankly, do are, are, are racist, even if they don't want to admit it. And, okay, and it, okay, okay. No, they but, do. Yeah, no, I but get that. Many of his supporters are. But we're all racist. Of course we are. <laughs> but, of course we are. But, 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 at least, but many of us can admit it. But his, we're not beating up black people and throwing them out of our rallies you're right but 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 there's an insidious amount of racism dismissing people's even ability to vote and saying oh well you're agreed, not intelligent agreed. the whole this. system and is racist you're of course it is but <laughs> saying, the whole like, system is rigged but and this is the year that everyone finally acknowledged even the people that it's working for everyone finally acknowledged the system is broken all through the primaries with delegate allegations and everything everyone says no, okay, I, I i'm sorry agree. allocations I, I I don't think that because this is how the system has already wor- always worked. I think all right. that happens now there are people who are angry. Yeah, but people us. it has never been universally acknowledged well, that I the don't system even think is broken. Universe- There's always been people up top saying, patting us on the head and saying, well, 
Oh, okay. no, it works. Just work with the system. Except, I mean, look, let's be very clear. Donald Trump is, is going to win the nomination using because he beat all the other candidates and, and the delegates voted accordingly. Same with Hillary Clinton. Just because people don't like how reality works, just because people don't like that the superdelegates have their certain lead and that the systems work the way they do and the caucuses are different. The from whole idea of superdelegates is rigged. I don't I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. It's been the case for a long time. I mean, I think that when I, you, that doesn't make it like normal. All I'm saying, it is, it, it all is. I'm saying is that the system that has trudged along for years has finally been it good was, and fully exposed. Well, OK, I'm going to disagree with you here in thinking that this will change anything, because I think that all that happens is that you have people who get very excited about a certain candidate. See, I didn't say it would real. change anything. I said well, we finally acknowledged it and then well, all decided to just well, keep going. Well, right, which I don't necessarily know if that's wrong because I don't know if another system would be any different. And here's what I would say, too. I genuinely believe that if the system were not superdelegate related, Hillary would still be kicking Bernie's ass. And that's and entirely guess, possible. And, and, but, and I think that but certain certain states have very clearly shown. But they've always been that way. This is the case that has always been that way. Just because it hasn't uh, always been that way. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. No, 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 no. There have been. Many, many changes, gerrymandering, uh, rule rewriting yes. for the conventions. All of this has happened over the years. And the system has existed, yes, for a long time. Yes, but, 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 but for, for our lifetime, it has always existed this way. For our voting lifetime, it has always existed this <laughs> We're way. We're a speck in the history. Of course we are. But the thing is, our country is a speck in the history. Our country is 200 yes, and right. 40 years old. Our country is a speck in the history. And I'm not saying that we can't like look at maybe changing things. But I will say this. When given the opportunity to change things, the Bernie supporters can't even follow the instructions in Nevada and get things changed the right way. So instead, they throw chairs and become crazy. And and I, and I agree that that is absolutely that is so, the opposite and, of why I support Bernie. Right. And so, so, so my point is, is that and and you know, and now we're turning to the politics show. It's ridiculous. <laughs> this is fun though. <laughs> it is fun though. But I understand what you're saying. But I'm feeling like you have to understand the game to be able to play it. And and it, it just because you don't like the game doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to still have the game. The game is what it is. And of course it's a game. And of course there are rules. And of mm. course there there are things that are unfair about it. But then f freaking play it to your advantage. Here's one thing I will say about Donald Trump. As much as I despise him, as much as I am, am scared and am bothered by the fact that he might be you know our president and that terrifies me. I will say this. He has played the game extremely well. And if Bernie Sanders had played the game as well, then he wouldn't be in this situation. But the reason that I support Sanders is that he doesn't play. He doesn't. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's, but, it's, see, that's where they're so different. They Hillary, are, Hillary is playing the game as it was meant to be played. Of course she is, because that's what she was meant to do. But I would say I, I would posit Barack Obama, who did not. He did whatever. He did things Bernie wouldn't do. He attacked when when Bernie wouldn't, which was. Is, well, is OK, but before the primary. Oh, he did. Yes, yeah, yes, he you're right. Did. Obama fought back. If you read Game Change, a fantastic book about the 2008 election, really good. He was able to absolve himself from a lot of the criticism, a lot of the criticism, and he was able to make attacks that were kind of, you know, like, like by proxy. But his team was very, very, very smart and to the point that Hillary didn't expect it. And that's how he won. He outplayed Hillary. Well, and, and he jumped on modern technology way more yes, than any other candidate. Of course, but he played the game better. And I mean, Although arguably, I mean, he got his whole thing. His entire team was originally with Howard Dean. Howard Dean was the one who actually invented the entire modern technology thing in 2004. Like Howard Dean was like created the modern Netroots movement. Howard Dean did. But 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 Obama took that and then capitalized it to the next degree. Whereas Bernie, even though he's done a lot with that, you know, he hasn't played the game as well as Obama did. He wasn't really in it to win it. And so if you're not in it to win it, then I'm not I can't be even though I like many of his politics better i'm not gonna be like well this is unfair that you're losing because frankly yeah he, no i get was. that you knew what this was if you're gonna go against the horns play it and you have to know too i mean if i'm being honest in a general election i feel a lot better about hillary than bernie because again if bernie can't even take down hillary i how totally agree take down trump i totally agree there i, I see okay so the reason i support bernie is because that young idealist in me says i'm gonna look just at the politics but as far as being a politician and to be a president, you have to be have a politician. Be. I mean, this is Obama's biggest problem, right? And, and Hillary does beat Bernie in that area. Bernie is so committed to ideals, which is he why is. I like him. 
me too but but to but the point too that committed I, to to be a president exactly and and i and, and i feel <laughs> like what happens i mean obama is not as committed as bernie but we've seen what happens which is you don't get stuff like you can't get it through you, you well, to and, and a stalemate seems better than uh, like a supermajority for the Republicans. I, I would agree with that, but I think the best case is, and I'm not saying that, that that Hillary would be able to be like Bill because she's not. She's not him. No, she'll be a stalemate too. I don't think she'll be a stalemate. I think she'll be smarter about it. But but I feel like you the, the best case scenario, and I'm not saying Hillary will be this because she's not. But the best case scenario is a Bill Clinton, who can still have a Republican run Congress. And get everything passed and have. See, I don't know if that's possible raised. for anyone anymore. Things I have think, not. Things were not as starkly I mean, divisive during Clinton's presidency. As, they weren't as divisive, but they were. I mean, you have to think about you know the contract. Nobody, gonna, the day Clinton was elected, nobody said we will block every single thing this president does. That, that's true, but the, what they did do is two years later, the Contract for America was formed, and literally the majority turned for the first time in twenty something years, and, and Gingrich took over the House and Congress became you know put in the republicans hands and he was still able to maneuver things his way i mean i I think you're right but i don't i also don't want to diminish the achievements of bill clinton who (laughs) no i don't no that's fine (laughs) he was amazing he did amazing things i think it's kind of a terrible person but he did you're passionate about this well no because he did i mean you know well look growing up in georgia where newt gingrich was my freaking like senator okay or congressman or whatever like he was my local dude like that was I was more of a Republican then because my my dad was a Democrat and I wanted to be anti my dad. Now I'm very, very, very left wing. My dad is voting for Trump. It's it, the whole thing is bizarre. But anyway, like at that time, I remember being like in fourth, fifth grade and like remembering when that happened, when the contract for America happened. And, you know, it was this pivotal moment. It was the first time in, in so many years that the power had shifted from from Congress and Senate, you know, to to the Republican, not Senate was still Democratic, but but the Congress switched the House rather switched uh, to to the the Republicans, and you know Bill Clinton still managed to succeed. I don't think again to be very clear because she's not him. Hillary won't have that success, but I think she'll have more success than Bernie would. Definitely more success than Trump would because Trump is just going to be dead. You know what I mean? Like Trump is going to have the same problems that Bernie would have, which is you go in with crazy ideological things, whether it's on the right or the left. Nobody's ever going to agree with you. And and that was the problem Obama had. He had these great ideas and was never able to, to get anybody to work with him because he didn't know how the game was played. Right. And, and OK, we agree on this. We agree on that. OK, well, we're running <laughs> out of time. Yeah, um, I will say that I grew up in a state that had Jesse Ventura. <laughs> yes, you did. For a governor. Uh, well, and now Al and, Franken is a senator. Well, Yes. And and in Al more Franken. recent years, Al Franken, who has been, in my opinion, one of the best, most effective under the radar senators. I agree completely. <laughs> I remember when I, I used to watch him on Air America and and listen to him on Air America. I remember when he was on Real Time with Bill Maher, and then he did the Air America show, R.I.P. And then he, um, you know, ran for 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 Senate. And he was talking about running for that seat, and I was thinking, you know, you'd be really good because I remember reading his book, you know, um, Lying Liars, you know, whatever, like a, a fair and balanced look at the right or whatever. Uh, lying liars and the lies they tell fair and balanced yeah. right it, it was a really good book and i remember um thinking oh he'd be good you know he'd probably be a good politician but i think that what's happened in the you know he's been elected again right like he was mm-hmm. elected in 2008 yeah. he was re-elected i guess in, in 2012 he's um or uh 2014 i guess uh he's really or he was elected in 2006 i guess and then re-elected in 2012 but he's really good yeah. No, I mean, if you look at his list of like yeah. bills that he has has written, sponsored, and passed, he's on it. I mean, who knew <laughs> SNL? Like, well done, Harvard. Well you, done, you, Harvard. You think that rate? Uh, you know, uh, electing B actors can be a bad thing based on history, but 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 I mean, well, I mean, the difference here is that he actually had a political science degree, and, and, and even in his time on SNL, you know, would write on Weekend Update and, and do other things, and, and clearly had like a passion for this, you know, which again, I mean, to your point, I mean, like, but it's kind of proof that like entertainers don't always make terrible politicians. Well, and and politicians who aren't entertainers can be devastating. But do you mind if we cover one more topic? Yes. Have you seen Idiot Sitter? I haven't. So I saw um, previews for this on Hulu. Okay. Um, and I thought, oh, that looks funny. I'll watch it. And then totally forgot about it. They didn't really pimp it once it was out. Uh, it's a Comedy Central show. Um, it is 
it's the the first season and currently the only season is 10 episodes long and the first five are like yeah this is something to binge watch because i'm done with all my other shows but you get to episode six and it is hilarious it's it's based on this like possibly sociopath girl rich girl who is now an adult on house arrest and required to have a constant supervision and get her GED before her house arrest finishes. And, and it's about her and the nanny they hire to babysit her and get her, her GED. And it is insanely funny to me. (laughs) Well, I'll have to watch it. Um, I, it sounds good. I love, we've talked about this before. I love comedy central slate of shows lately. Like they've been so good. All I don't love is that they cancel everything after the first season. There are very few shows that's that true. Long running status, but <laughs> yeah, they they have had some really good stuff lately. Do, do you know if Idiot Sitter is being renewed for a second season? I don't know yet. Okay, I haven't right. looked it up. It might, well, that okay. might be public knowledge, but but, but but this is on Hulu. Yeah. I, okay. I'm hoping that I didn't watch it on Netflix and then but, forget. No, 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 no. So so it premiered in 2014, and it's been. Um, being picked up for run on television. Okay, so first it was a web sitcom that debuted in, in 2014 and then was premiered on Comedy Central in 2016. And it's not clear yet if it's been picked up for a second season or not, but I will watch it. E- uh, even if it isn't, the first season can stand oh, on its own. It's and a complete Jennifer story. Cox. I, loved, I love her. I love Jennifer Elise Cox. Yes. She was Jan in the, in the Brady Bunch movies. She was great. <laughs> I know it. She's great. The whole cast and people, there are stars that show up that you'll be surprised by. Okay. And, All right. Oh, yes. Stephen Root's in this. Oh, my God. You, you don't even know how much I love Stephen Root. Like, like news radio is my jam. So it's King of the Hill. I love Stephen Root so much. He's fantastic. Okay. I, so, I can guarantee you will enjoy this show. Okay. So here, here, here's my homework for the show because we're going to have to close that because we're running out of time. Um, I'm going to watch Idiot Sitter, and we're going to talk about it next spot. Sounds awesome. Okay. Did you see Keanu? Yes. Okay, I still haven't. We'll hopefully be able to talk about that next time. Talk about as well. that. Also, we should talk about the Anthony Weiner documentary Weiner because I've seen that. Have you seen it? I have it's, not. It's on video on demand. You can rent it. Well, no, you don't have cable, so you can't. But you can probably find it someplace to to, to rent. It's good. It's I good. will find it. Okay. All right. Well, after you watch Idiot Sitter, get some sleep. Thank you, Brett. You too. <laughs> well, the system is going down low.